welcome to the MindChimp Podcast. Hey Alex, welcome to the MindChimp Podcast. How are we doing? I'm good, thank you. Bit bit flustered getting here, but all good. Yeah, this is, I think if we had to summarise ourselves now, it was like something out of a movie. I think it's just <laughs> like, it's mental. Um, I'll quickly set the scene. So we are in, where are we Alex? NatWest Accelerator in the Rocket Space Building. Okay, so I'd like to say this is the first time I've been here, but I was here last week. Um <laughs> And it's just took me far, my maps have took me 40 minutes out of the way. So yeah, it's been a stressful one. But anyway, it's Got not about me. the end. Yeah, we're here. So Alex, first thing I want you to do is pick four numbers from 1 to 100 for me, please. 36, yep. 28, 97, 4. Perfect. We will come to them in a bit. So okay. Alex, for maybe, you know, I tend to ask my guests, um, what their logline is, what summarises them, what what would yours be? Um, I would say that um, my mission is to inspire, empower and motivate people to lead an authentic life. Okay, and I reckon we're going to touch on that in just a sec. We will. So, what is it you wanted to be when you was older? When the teacher would say to you, Alex, when you grow up, what is it you want to be? I went through different stages in life of what I wanted to do, but the main ones, um, one was architecture. So I loved um, drawing, I loved buildings, um, I loved, you know, being in different countries and looking at, at, you know, the landscapes and stuff. So that was really something I was interested in. And then I realised that I absolutely hated physics and science. So that wasn't going to work out for me. Yeah, not too great, right? <laughs> and maths. Um, so that wasn't going to happen. Um, I also went through a huge phase of wanting to join the RAF uh, and become a pilot, uh, very much in a similar sense that my brother had wanted to do that, but we had a very traditional family that was like, you're going to study um, medicine, accounting or law or something along those lines. So we neither of us went down that route and both of us ended up going down the financial route. Um, and then the third one was being an artist because I, in my spare time, have very frequently painted and drawn and, and whatnot, which kind of stems from the the wanting to, to be an architect at some point too. Okay. So okay. lots of three different phases at different times in my life in those young years. So I guess I guess this kind of brings me from kind of, you know, I, me and you are friends and whatever outside of this podcast. Um, but maybe for the people who don't know who you are, maybe you can give us a bit of a whistle stop tour kind of from where you've been right way up to what you're doing right now. Yeah. So I guess I should probably start in the my early career. I um, left university having studied French with no intention to be a teacher or an interpreter for that matter, um, but purely out of passion. I then went to work in foreign exchange, having been headhunted through university. Um, and due to sort of doing some stints and internships in the city and um, started out my career in foreign exchange, grew through the ranks over three and a half years into management. Um, so very quickly climbed up the the career ladder and had a basically, long story short, a quarter life crisis slash mental breakdown and realized that I was totally in the wrong place um, that didn't align with my values. I had no interest whatsoever in the products and services I was you know, helping people sell or, you know, helping salespeople sell better to make rich people richer. And that was just not getting me out of bed in the morning anymore. Um, so whilst that was sort of a negative thing about the sort of last role I had, it was a huge positive in which that that role as head of training and development um, for that company allowed me to really understand who I am and what I wanted to do through a lot of the sort of personal and professional development workshop seminars and conferences that I was going to. Okay. So I guess, 
you're talking about kind of, you know, that, that really wasn't for you. And, you know, if any, anyone who follows you will know this kind of authentic Alex and stuff like that. But yeah, tell me a bit more about authentic Alex. So interestingly, um, someone once asked me when was authentic Alex born? And I'd like to say when I did my first post on LinkedIn that went viral, which is when I used that hashtag authentic Alex. Um, and that post was the day I left my corporate job and talked about, you know, when I was a little girl, I used to dream of working in this very tall building with a pointy top. And um, what I realized having achieved that is that um, when we talk to young people about success, we always talk about status, money and power. But what we don't mention is things like depression, anxiety, stress, etc., that come usually with these um, success factors. Um, but sometimes it takes getting to where you want to be to realize it's not where you're meant to be. And to me, that was really important because it was the moment that I was leaving the mask at the door, you know, the one that we wear to go into work to mold into whatever is, is expected of us in our corporate cultures and whatnot. And I made a very kind of conscious decision to leave that mask and, and be myself from then on. Um, but I would say authentic Alex, you know, interestingly, I'm, I'm preparing a keynote on authenticity for the first time that for, for a well-being festival coming up. And I'm thinking, actually, you know, that process for me around being more true to myself and living my true life was a very gradual process over time. I don't think, you know, one day there was a switch and then all of a sudden, you know, I was me. <laughs> um, it's, you know, peeling back the layers to kind of get closer to who you are. OK, so we'll probably dip into that a little bit later, a little bit later on. But I guess this this is kind of about getting to know a little bit more about you as well. So I think when... We kind of talk about, you know, personal success and whatever else. And I think actually what we should be able to do is ask someone what is it what's been what does your failure C V look like and actually what one thing stands out? Because I think we learn more from failure than we do about more than success. So if I was to say to you, Alex, what does your failure resume look like? Is there any one thing what jumps stands out? Interestingly, I was asked this question by my last boss. <laughs> and he he asked me because he thought that I feared failure. Um, or that I didn't want to talk about failure or I'd never failed. Um, and I don't think it was any of those things. I think it's just I never saw anything as failure. Like, and, you know, now it's become a very common thing to, to say that or to think that. But, you know, for me, they've all just been life experiences, whether they're good or bad. And from that, I've taken away something. If I had to kind of handpick something to pin as a failure, um, you know, my corporate career to some extent was a failure um, because it all kind of crashed and burned. And, you know, I decided to walk, walk away from that. Um, but to me, you know, again, like it just wasn't really a failure. It was a, an experience of me, if anything, a triumph of realizing that I wasn't in the right place in, in life and in the things that I wanted to do or the type of life I wanted to leave, li live. So I think I think you spot on. I think you know some of our biggest air brackets kind of failures end up being our best, our biggest successes, right? And I think you 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 personally will have needed to go through that in order to get to where you are right this second and and all the cool stuff what you're doing. If I was to say to you, you've got to give a book as a gift to five people, and this could be a book what's changed your way of looking at things, or you think it's a book where everyone should read it. What book would that be? Thrive. Okay, why? Um, so the book is Thrive by Ariana Huffington. And for me, it was um, the book that I read in the run up of me deciding to leave my last corporate job. And it was quite a realization because, and I can't, can't even remember how I came across the book, but what it talked about is that our life is a three-legged stool. Um, one 
one leg of the stool is money, the other one is status, and the other one is power, which is our traditional sense of success, which is what I said earlier. But what um, Ariana is basically talking about is that that's very imbalanced when you have a three-legged stool, like it can tip over if you gently nudge it by an external factor. But if you add a fourth leg, there are things that you need in life in order to maintain that balance. You know, money, power and success isn't a, sorry, money, power and status isn't a bad thing. It's more about you need more than just that in terms of defining success. Um, and so what she talks about is things like well-being, um, lots of, I think there's four different fact elements, um, which off the top of my head I can't recite. Um, but those four elements, I think it's well-being, wonder and, and a few other things. But what it does is it essentially creates a balance of those three other factors. Um, and so for me, that was really impacting because it kind of made me think, you know, that going after those things isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just about including other things into your life that create that balance. So if I was to say to you, explain what you do to me as if I was a five-year-old, <laughs> what would you say? Okay. Um, if you're a five-year-old, what would I say? Well, I kind of do various things. So I do, I do three things. So I'm going to go through them in, in parts. So the first one is helping young people, well, I would say helping bridge the gap between young people that are leaving university and entering the world of work with the skills and the tools and strategies necessary to succeed in their career. The next thing I do is um, helping people leverage LinkedIn and create their personal brands for whatever goals they have in mind, um, but also help businesses do that as well. And the third thing that I do is um, running events and creating communities. Um, and I run a startup that helps businesses create communities either with their employees or with their clients. So whilst they are three separate things, they kind of all fall under the, uh, the premise of authenticity, of connection and of collaboration. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So one more question, I guess, kind of just to kind of work out who you are. Can you remember the first time you ever got in trouble and <laughs> and actually what, what, what happened? Oh, my gosh. That's a tough question. I'm having to like dig into my past one second. <laughs> first time I got into trouble. So it could be like the first time you got into trouble. It could just be the first time you, you kind of acknowledged I've been a bit naughty here, kind of, yeah. I think my, my brother and I used to get into all sorts of trouble. Um, we were like thick as thieves. And I don't know, like for for some reason, the first thing that springs to, <laughs> to mind is like he'd used to make me do things. <laughs> like um, he'd got given a box of like alcohol. <laughs> I don't even think I should be saying this publicly. Of like mini Jack Daniels and whiskey little bottles. And he was just like, hey, you should drink this. It tastes really nice, like as a joke. <laughs> and I was definitely way too young to be drinking that. I won't even mention how old. Um, but yeah, we used to get up to all sorts of mischief. I think he'd like to try sort of experiments on me. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, so I guess kind of... I think of, we're going to have to edit that bit. <laughs> no, we'll definitely keep that bit in for <laughs> sure. So, so, I mean, obviously, you know, this podcast tends to be around... L and D and 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 stuff like that, and maybe it's L and D culture, employee experience, and all stuff like that. But but kind of tell me what what's 
what are you doing right this second and, and actually yeah maybe share about kind of what your day-to-day looks like yeah so I mean I can talk a little bit about what I'm doing today and the projects I'm working on so at the moment I'm um I do a lot of keynote talks and run a lot of sort of workshops on different topics. I tend to get asked really to talk about the main things, um, sort of the main key things I do, which are personal branding, LinkedIn, um, and networking are the three main things I always get asked to talk. But more recently, I've been asked to kind of widen the scope of what I talk about. Um, One being, um, which I kind of saw coming for a while, but um, I've recently been asked to talk about authenticity at a wellbeing festival. So right now, both of those talks are really about kind of prepping um, the, the, you know, research, the facts, the stories behind these talks. And um, it's kind of, you know, delving into a topic that I live a very authentic life and, and live and breathe authenticity. But one thing's doing that and another thing's talking about it and becoming an expert on that. Um, so right now, for me, it's really kind of equipping myself with the knowledge around that topic because it's actually super complex <laughs> um, now that I've started to kind of look into it because there's so many paradoxes around authenticity. Like, you know, how do you know that you're being your true self? And it delves into like philosophy and science and all sorts of things. So it's I've kind of felt like I've opened a can of worms um, by starting to talk about authenticity, but then it's an, it's such an interesting topic and something I'm so excited to kind of grapple with. Um, so that's, you know, something that I'm hugely passionate about because I know that from experience of having worked in the corporate world where authenticity, you know, I worked in a company that did you know, didn't necessarily out loud say that they don't allow you to come to, you know, as yourself at work, but that when you were, um, you know you didn't really you didn't really fit in and and, that's a really hard thing because all of a sudden you don't belong and that's a that's a huge thing in the long run when you're you know however many hours in a in a company and you know statistics and whatnot show us that people that can bring their whole selves to work make for a better culture make for a better company make for better profits so I'm kind of looking into you know from one angle the personal side of of not living that authentic life but also from a business side how that impacts companies um the other thing I'm working on more recently is doing a keynote talk for some upcoming leaders. So normally my audience is usually sort of um, entry level candidates slash grads uh, or apprentices or interns. I go into companies and upskill them. But more recently, I've been asked to kind of start working with up and coming leaders. So I'm doing um a keynote talk slash workshop um, that is covering things like resilience, um, covering things like leadership and um, some stuff around sort of personal branding values, etc. So it's it's sort of a, cr- a mixture of things that I already talk about added with some, some other things that I'm also equally passionate about. So resilience and adversity is something that I talk a lot about online but again have never kind of done a keynote talk on um so it's nice to kind of start to to take some of the online content that I do off into into proper sort of keynote for for leaders okay so so I think it's pretty clear you know with with regards to you you know you're really active on social media and mainly predominantly you know I think how we came across was via LinkedIn way back when but kind of looking at social media now and and, and I think what you, what you don't really see on social media is authenticity you you don't you you kind of see the, snip, the, the snippets of a best life um but I guess going kind of thinking about this social media kind of thing and actually do you see social media as a net positive or a net negative to society 
Oh, this is a question I've grappled with so badly <laughs> over the last few months, uh, more so because of the of Local X, which is is the startup I run around community. And a lot of the conversations we have are around, um, you know, what can we do to... So long story short, um, for, for the listeners that don't know, don't know me and don't know my background I started something called LinkedIn Local with um, three other people I I co-founded it and the idea was to get LinkedIn connections offline to meet face to face and over time that expanded all those communities grew actively into 90 countries and into 650 cities Um, and what we realized is that the only reason that that was well not the only but one of the main reasons that that was so popular is because I think that people were craving face-to-face interactions and human connection and you know when we do a lot of that so we do a lot of research at the moment around social media there's so many issues that are um, causing this sort of gap and this divide between digital and human and what we're trying to do is close that gap. Um, and that's, I don't think it's to say that, you know, we stop using social media. I think it's more of how do we find ways to have it in our lives, but also for it not to take away from our face-to-face and human interactions and relationships. Um, so, I mean, it's the most unanswerable question right now. <laughs> but I also think it's because it's such a new thing in our society, you know technology is social media is so it's you know only time will tell as to the real impact that that has on our on our lives and and all and all sorts of things okay so so i guess you're you're in quite a unique position where your role blends across various different touch points but if i was to say to you kind of who's the five people who our guests should follow after they listen to this podcast who would you recommend people should follow and this could be people who are new to what your world our world or someone who's kind of been there for a while five people please is this in terms of people on linkedin that are yeah linkedin like yeah. well-known people or don't have to be well known maybe it's just someone who you know who's got good ideas and maybe maybe they're not getting the traction they want or maybe it could be someone who's well known it's, it's five people who you who well you i'm gonna start with my idol okay um, which she is quite well known now, but then every now and then I come across people that have never heard of her and I'm like, what? Um, Brené Brown. I absolutely love everything she does. She talks all around uh, vulnerability and authenticity and recently did a, um, wrote a book called Dare to Lead, which is specifically around, you know, how do you bring vulnerability and authenticity to the workplace? So super idol of mine. Um, a lady that I absolutely love um called Michelle Minkin. I don't even know if that's how I pronounce her surname. Um, But she's an occupational psychologist and I've admired her work from afar um, and recently did a podcast with her and really enjoyed um, sort of chatting to her about that and since then have had so many conversations off the back of of that with her and, and with others around some of the things that I talked about. So for me, I've I've been incredibly passionate about psychology for quite some time and always dabble in ideas around, you know, maybe pursuing a, a master's in that or a bachelor's in that. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy her work. Um, I'm going to quote Angela Duckworth, another kind of thought leader who talks about grit, um, which is the power of passion and perseverance, only because I was kind of looking at her stuff again today for my keynote talk. And I love um, this idea that it's not always about you know, IQ. It's also about the effort that you put in, tied in with passion, tied in with 
perseverance tied in with long-term goals um that's something that I relate to a huge amount especially with sort of my career Ariana Huffington which I kind of mentioned already anyway um to do with the Thrive book um but she also runs Thrive Global which is this um kind of online portal that has so many resources around well-being and personal development professional development and whatnot so I love that I don't know if that's five yet yep, that's, that's definitely, definitely five, five. Yep. cool <laughs> nailed it so okay here's another one for you then so you're being authentic and and kind of um you know be, being you do you even like yourself <laughs> I recently did a video about this <laughs> she coughs um so I went to a um seminar on psychology and neuroscience on emotions or emotional intelligence over the weekend and I thought I did until this person <laughs> this lecturer came on and within the first sort of few minutes of being on stage she said okay I want you to write down a list of the things you love and so you start she was like it can be anything it could be anyone like just open just anything you love so I started writing like nature I love learning I love psychology I love my partner blah 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 and then you know she comes back into the room and she says okay so you know what did you guys write so she gets a few suggestions and she said so how many of you put yourself on that list mm. and I was like ah <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny because you know what she said is such a common message if you don't love yourself first you can't love anything or anyone um and it's so true I think it's a it's I wouldn't say it's a love-hate relationship but it's a it's an ongoing process um, to do that I think in the same way authenticity is um, you know it's not like a you click and then all of a sudden you love yourself or you click and all of a sudden you're authentic um, it's something that you've got to constantly be working on um, and I think that comes down to sort of self-awareness self-awareness and personal development okay I completely just went around that question <laughs> You did it with, with absolute skill, though, so it's fine. So I guess, you know, and we knew this was going to be a short, sharp like podcast, but what's been your most your most recent personal success? Um, oh, that's a tricky question. <laughs> um, I think, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this. It's very, very personal. So in April, I suffered a miscarriage. And I think that one of the things that I took away from that whole situation, which is, you know, really unfortunate, incredibly hard, you go through a grieving process and it's um, it's a really tough experience. But I think it just kind of really opened my eyes as to how much I've grown in terms of the resilience that I have um, and how I've dealt with that situation, because I've gone through so much adversity <laughs> I've lost count um, and I've lost track of the amount of time I've, you know, I've gone through things, but it's really sort of that reaction to that situation and how I've dealt with it that is really, for me, it was a little bit of a personal triumph, you know, like I've come a long way from the days that I used to panic and, you know, endlessly cry and be stuck in a hole and whatnot. And my dealing process with that has gotten so much better. Um, and I guess practice makes perfect <laughs> but um but no yeah I think that you know out of a crap situation you know I also shared that on LinkedIn and it was one of my most viewed videos ever it reached over 150,000 people and I made a 
you know, a shitty situation into something that people could talk about because it's a hugely stigmatized issue. And I think that was also something that I was personally sort of triumphant with because it was like, do you know what? I've managed to create a platform that gives me the ability to do good with. And that I think is, is something money can't buy. Okay. Okay. So usually I only ask for five tips, but I'm going to ask for 10. Oh my God. So I'm going to ask you for five <laughs> tips of what five tips would you give to a business in order to allow people to be their authentic self? Okay. Number one, create spaces for authenticity. Number two, if the leaders aren't being authentic, how do they expect the rest of the workplace to be authentic? Number three, um, find out what people are passionate about. Like I think authenticity is about exploring the things that interest you. Um, number four, for uh, um, I I recently listened to to a TED talk and the guy was talking about an exercise he does and I absolutely loved. But what he was saying is, um, if you what was it something along the lines of um, something that you don't know about me is dot 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 and you'd finish that sentence off and it's an exercise that really helps people come out of their shell. Um, and I would say number five is never assume what you think you know about someone. Um, and that's from my own personal experience of being in training and development. When um, I was talking to a manager and we were talking about motivation and he said, oh, yeah, but, you know, they're sales guys. They're just motivated by money. Like, you know, most of them are. And I was like, are you really sure about that? And given that I'd, you know, coached them, I knew that that wasn't the case. Um, and lo and behold, when we had a whole day of, you know, working together and that came up, barely one person in the room said money um so i would say never assume what you think you know about your team okay and then the same question but give it what's five tips you give to someone to and maybe it's the employee yep the employee kind of what five tips you give them to kind of bring their authentic self to work or maybe maybe it's someone who's kind of in this transition you know talking about your journey maybe it's someone who's kind of going through a not a similar journey but kind of one what kind of has bits of what you've gone through, what five tips would you give to them? I would say own your story. Um, it is one of the most powerful tools you will ever have. And a story may not be positive or negative. I mean, one or the other, but they are powerful nonetheless, if you know how to tell it. Um, I would say find out what, what's important to you. What are, what are your values? Um, because no matter what happens, you will always come back to those. Uh, and especially in times of adversity or um, situations that are difficult, hanging on to those, you know, brings you back to who you are. Um, I would say just start, just start putting yourself out there or start by being seen. I think a lot of people get stuck um, for many reasons, be fear of judgment, shyness, uh, fear of ridiculed, whatever. Um, but so many people need to hear your stories for, you know, for plenty of reasons but if you are hiding in the shadows no one will ever know who you are and what you can offer and how you can help um i would um say try and avoid the noise the outside noises that influence who you are so things like society culture peers family work spaces um all sorts of things try and mold us into something that we're not try and turn off the noise and come back to who you are and lastly use linkedin as a tool okay okay so two more questions and we're done first question is 
Um, I should pick some numbers right at the start of the the the, the kind of podcast. Dead simple. These numbers are to a load of random items on my phone. And you're on a desert island and you've got to tell me what you're going to do with these four items. And your items were face wash, tissue box, a balloon and a thong. <laughs> yeah. So what's the question? What, what would you're on a desert island them? and what you're going to do with these items. So tissue, what's the thing again? Face wipe. Face wash. Face wash. Tissue box, balloon and a thong. I would put the thong in the balloon. Okay. On the balloon. Okay. I would wash the face <laughs> of the balloon with the tissue and then I'd let it go. Wow. That's as creative as I get. That is amazing. So, so Alex, so where... It's a clean balloon with a thong yeah. flying into the sky. Wow. I can just picture it now. So, so kind of where can people find out a little bit about you and what you're up to? Um, so my website is under construction, but once it's ready, it will be www.authenticalex.com. Um, but most often than not, you can find me on LinkedIn with uh, www.linkedin.com slash authenticalex. Okay. Awesome, Alex. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.